Hey church family, Pastor Chad here in my kitchen slash living room. Um, it's been a week, hasn't it? Um, I'm not going to lie, I've had multiple waves this week of ups and downs and and um, I don't even have it bad, but just the reality of this season, the coronavirus and all of those that are hurting and suffering around us. I particularly have an interest in New York City. I've visited multiple times and gone to several mission trips over the years and have some friends in a church there, at Church of the City. You know, I'm not gonna come on here and just be chipper and, hey everyone, there's a place for that. And we have a ton of reasons to be joyful and celebrate, but the whole Bible is full of just these moments where God's people enter into the sorrow of God himself. In fact, it's Palm Sunday and before the hosannas and the, the shouting of the son of David who's come to save and to heal Israel, Jesus sees the city he's about to enter as its rightful king and he weeps over its condition. He weeps because what he's coming to bring is really what they long for, but it's tied to him. Without him, you don't have what he comes to bring and offer and give. And so he weeps over the city. And I'm not claiming to be Jesus, but I am in his body and he is in me and he's in you. And so I just wanna take a moment. We, we just sang that beautiful song that, uh, talks about the numbers, chapter six, blessing, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, make his face shine on you. Can we just pause before we go any further and just make space for the ache in your heart, the ache in my heart, the ache and the angst in many of our hearts in the season like this. Um, let's just give a moment enter into the emotion of God who by the way is not okay with this wherever you fall on the theological spectrum the enemy is the author of all that stills steal kills and destroys God is the author of life he's not the God of the dead but of the living He's the God of resurrection and though he can use any and or all circumstances, I believe God grieves over the condition of his world. I don't believe that he's indifferent to your suffering or my little suffering or sorrow or the suffering and sorrow of many in places like New York City and Italy and just all over the world, those places that aren't even making the news yet. And so let's just make space here for a minute and welcome the Prince of Peace to come to reign and to rule in our hearts and our lives. And if you're not in a place of heaviness, that's fine. I'm not trying to give anybody a heavy garment today. At church, we 
God knows it's easy enough to carry around that heavy garment, but could you just for a moment, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 talks about entering into that, that place of suffering or being in that place of suffering. You, you, you find when you look to your right that you're not alone, but Christ is there with us. We're about ready to kick off Holy Week where every day we'll look at Jesus's incremental steps to the cross, but we call it Passion Week, which is another way to say suffering. And when we look to the right or to our left in our difficulty and adversity, we find Jesus there with us. He's decided to not make himself immune to those things that cause us pain, brokenness, anxiety, fear, uncertainty. Jesus comes to us right into the thick of that. That's what we celebrate, especially this time of year, the Holy Week, where Jesus, Luke 9, 51, he resolutely sets out toward Jerusalem. It was for this very reason he was born, to partner with us in our brokenness. And through our brokenness, he comes and he absorbs our sin. He absorbs our pain. He absorbs our the deepest sense of things are not the way they should be. And Jesus takes all of that into himself. All of it. Every wave that you've had that's come over you of disorientation this week. And this isn't right or sensing isolation or loneliness. Jesus has taken all of that into himself. All of it. And in Christ, we, we see what love is. We see what it really looks like. We see the links to which Jesus has gone to make a way in and through our adversity, suffering, sorrows, setbacks, tragedy, adversity, difficulty, so that's the introduction, but let's just wait for just a few seconds. I know it might be weird on your device or your TV, but slow down to be with God just for this few moments. Father, we, we thank you that you have not loved us from far off, but you've loved us up close. We celebrate Palm Sunday, this Sunday when the King, your son, Jesus, 
came riding in to the king's city, to Jerusalem on a humble donkey. The Prince of Peace riding in meekness and humility. And God, we thank you that you've come to us. You've come to us to be with us. And when we look to our right or to our left, we realize not only are we not alone because others around us are in the same boat, but we also find you with us, Jesus. And if that's the case, Lord, I believe that we can make it through anything if you're with us. And I just pray, Lord, for my spiritual family right now, those watching online, that your nearness and your presence, your tenderness and your love would transcend space and distance and shelter in place, and that your peace would just break into hearts and lives and homes right now. I thank you, God, that you've come to us and that you're with us. And Father, we lift up those suffering right now in this coronavirus craziness that you would be near the broken. You'd be near the sick. You'd be near those who feel like there's no one to turn to. Would you, God, let your face shine upon them? your presence prevail and pervade over them. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for your presence today. Amen. Thank you guys for entering into that with me. And I won't share long today. That was, I believe, uh, kind of God's heart for us. Just, just the reality, week three, I think week three since coronavirus kind of crossed our shores and has really taken up our lives and disrupted us and our schedules and our routines and our rhythms. And and um, I don't know how you're doing. I just shared how I'm doing. You can ask my wife. I, I think today I walked three or four different occasions outside, probably just three, um, just to be with God, to, to get out and to, to be in his presence and fight through some of the things I'm feeling. And I'm a feeler. Maybe you're not a feeler and you're having a heyday. Good on you. Cheers. But um, yeah, just as we negotiate with a, a new temporary normal, none of us really knows uh, you know, how to do that perfectly well, but I'm just uh, trusting and, and praying and believing that God's helping you um, as he's helping me and he's helping so many. So like I said, today is Palm Sunday. It's when we sort of uh, kick off Holy Week. And throughout the Gospels, um, one th theologian sort of said famously that the Gospels are really a passion narrative with really long introductions. Uh, 
that really it's all about the week we're about to enter, the week of, of Jesus's um, praying and being rejected and his false and fake trial and betrayal of his friends and his abandonment of his disciples, even his own isolation crescendoing on the cross when he feels like his own father has forsaken him. And then obviously, Good Friday and the crucifixion and Passover. And then that Saturday that's like a hush. We're, we're on the balls of our feet wondering if the man we'd hoped was the one he'd said he was is going to prove true. And then obviously next Sunday, Easter Sunday, when the grave was overcome, Through the triumph of Christ, the vindication of his father. So that's really the week ahead of us. Sorry. Um, but all of it has something to say, just like today, Palm Sunday. And I just want to be very brief and simple. I'm already eating up a lot of our time here um, with this introduction and just sharing my heart with you, our people which I trust is okay with you. Um, got a lot of notes, but you know, we got plenty of time to get through notes probably over these next few weeks and um, however long this thing lasts. But Palm Sunday is that, that, that moment when Jesus, who's been, um, he's been baptized, He's heard his dad speak over him. This is my son who I love. With him, I'm well pleased. And then he was out into the wilderness where he himself was tempted and all of the comforts and securities of life were stripped away. And he, he faced himself. He faced the devil. He faced um, the pull that every other king before him had been tempted to buy into, the, the pull of living out of your appetites, turn the stones to bread. Uh, the pull of going on top of the temple and jumping off and you know, winning the approval and the applause of the crowds, the praise of man. And then the enemy taking Jesus up to the high mountain and showing him all the kingdoms of the earth. And this really deals with ambition and ultimately our, our, the sense of allegiance and so we see appetites, approval, acceptance of the crowds, and then ambitions and allegiance. And Jesus conquers every one of these temptations. And out of the wilderness, he, he's walking beside a sea. He finds a couple common people like you and me, fishermen. And he invites them to drop what they're doing. He disrupts their life and he says, follow me. And I'll, I'll transform your life. I'll make you fishers of men. Your life will never be the same when you put me first and respond to my call on your life. And, and then he teaches amazing stuff about the kingdom of God and about what righteousness looks like, living the, the life that God, that God desires and designs and the, the life that God loves. That's righteousness and justice and really it centers around this cross-shaped love that's about the other. 
emptying of ourselves and our rights. And, and so he teaches and he heals and he raises the dead, he cleanses lepers, he gives blind people sight, he unstops the deaf ear. Women, a woman who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years, spent all her money trying to get better, but to no avail and just a touch of Jesus's garment and she's healed and made whole. We see people who at that time were outside of the covenant family of God who are so desperate for just a crumb from Jesus's table and Jesus forgives them. And we see prostitutes weeping at his feet in the presence of the king of the universe. And instead of rejecting and condemning and shaming them, Jesus forgives and accepts them and he releases his peace over them. We see friends tearing up people's roofs to bring their paralytic friend to Jesus. With just a word, he can be both healed and forgiven in just a moment. This is just the first half of the gospel. It's what makes Palm Sunday that much more powerful and poignant when you look at the whole story. And about halfway through the gospels, Jesus tips off his guys that uh, I'm gonna die. I'm, I'm gonna go to Jerusalem and I'm gonna hang on a cross. And my own people are going to reject me. You guys are gonna deny and abandon me. But that's not gonna be the end of the story. I'm gonna be raised up. Three days later, the Father will raise me up. And, and uh, I'm gonna destroy d death by, by dying. I'm gonna overcome all of your sin and your shame by becoming it, absorbing it, taking it into myself so you didn't have to live under it and bound by it any longer. And his disciples obviously don't understand because that's not what the hope for Davidic messianic king was supposed to do. No way was he gonna die. And so all of this swirl of healing and teaching and discipling and forgiving and all throughout we see opposition springing forth from his own disciples, his own inner circle and from the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law. But, and then it sort of crescendos to the temple and its system, the priestly system itself. And, and the king comes lowly on a donkey the crowds shout, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David, the God who saved us once. He's gonna come to save us again. And they have their garments laid on the, on the ground and they're, the Psalm 8, the little kids are shouting and singing and declaring. And of course, this totally upsets the religious establishment. Who is this man from Nazareth? Who does he think he is? And who are these peasants, these commoners? And they don't know theology. They, they don't know who they're hitching their hopes to. <laughs> and none of it detours Jesus. None of it. He's focused. He's got a purpose and a plan. And we see in this one story the 
the why of Jesus. John 12, 27, I, my soul's overwhelmed. Father, save me from this hour. No, Father, it was for this hour I was born, the hour of the cross, the hour of hanging, exposed, becoming sin for the brokenness and those that are bound and hopeless and helpless without our intervention, Father. So that's the why of Jesus. And then all throughout, we understand the way of Jesus, which is the way of humility and service and sacrifice and carrying the cross. Both of those coalesce here in Palm Sunday. And obviously, as you were with us six, seven, eight weeks ago, we, we talked a lot about the clearing of the temple and We'll look more at that in the days ahead in Holy Week. But just to land the plane right here, it's been 21 minutes. I want you to know that even with all the craziness and all the busyness, when Jesus showed up at the temple, there was all kinds of activity. There was all kinds of noise and commerce and exchanging of money and the selling of animals for sacrifice for the pilgrims that had come from many, many miles around. There's all this activity, all this noise. And what's so funny is when Jesus rolls up to the temple, he sees a fig tree that looks like it's fruitful from afar, but upon closer inspection, it's got no fruit. And that really is this temple scene. It's, it's a living parable that Part of what I want to challenge and beseech you to do in this coronavirus season that I'm being very challenged to do myself is allow all the noise, allow all the busyness, all the things that look like life and importance and accolades and approval and those things that you've given your appetite to, those cravings, those lusts and those longings, allow King Jesus to come on his humble donkey and just lay down your garment. Stop what you're doing this week and receive the king on his terms. You know, many chapters earlier in Luke chapter 10, we see Mary and Martha And Martha's distracted, thinking that so many things are needed to host and to welcome Jesus. And Jesus said, indeed, only one thing is needed, a humble posture of receptivity and of listening is the posture I can't resist. And I believe that one of the reasons Jesus weeps over Jerusalem and and he weeps over us many times is because we're so caught up in ways of life and ways of thinking busyness and craziness and he just wishes we would hear his voice to to be still and to to receive him on his own terms instead of thinking he needs all of these bells and whistles he just wants your heart he just wants my heart he just wants you he just wants me so let's receive the king of glory can we do that let's not be like that fig tree that Jesus curses because it appears 
important and fruitful, but when he gets close, and my prayer is that we would just welcome his pruning. We would welcome his cleansing. Like I said earlier, that he's already overcome the threefold wilderness temptation that all of us face in various ways, but they get highlighted in seasons of wilderness and desert. Those appetites, those things we crave and long for, be it physical food or the lust of the flesh, and then those that craving and longing for acceptance and applause and approval, the, the fear of man and the praise of man. It's easy in moments like this, especially me when I'm posting all this stuff. How many likes do I have? How many reposts? How many shares? And it's easy to get pulled in my appetites and it's easy to get pulled in my desire for approval and acceptance. And then ultimately it's easy to get pulled that place of ultimate allegiance when it's easier to trust in other things like my money or my health or my social standing and status. But friends, it's Palm Sunday. The King is coming. I don't want to be like that fig tree. I know you don't either. I want to receive him. I want all the trappings, my outer garment, I wanna lay it down before him in humility and just to receive the Prince of Peace, the King who comes lowly riding on a donkey, the one who's come to heal us, to restore us, the one who's come to suffer with us, the one who's come to meet with us in our loneliness and isolation. Can you just receive him? Hosanna. Just my prayers that we would cry out Hosanna today and all week, which just means God saves, Yahweh saves, the Lord saves. Save us, O Lord, save us, O God. And friends, he will, he does. We are saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. And he is the God of all comfort who enters into our suffering and our sorrows to be with us. My prayer is that you would experience his nearness today. That the king would come into your living room, into your car, into your home. He wouldn't find you busy, frantically shuffling, but he'd find you receptive. He'd find me receptive. and We would let him reorder our appetites, re reorder our desire for acceptance and approval, reorder, reorder our ambition and our allegiances. And all of those things we would allow him to breathe upon and to strip away so that we could receive and live in his peace. So let's do that. Can we do that, friends? Let's do that. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Father, I just thank you that you are the one who saves us. You're the one who enters into our suffering and you're the one who's made a way through our suffering. God, we, we cast off our outer garment, all of those things that we look to and rely on for our own sense of purpose and identity. We lay them at your feet today and we receive your peace. God, we, we want the roots in this season of our life to grow so much deeper. We don't wanna have the appearance, the illusion of importance and fruitfulness, but to be empty, dry, and desolate on the inside. And 
we're just asking that we would drink deeply of the well of your Isaiah 12 salvation, the well of salvation. I pray, God, that you would just douse your people with hope today, with love, with peace, with joy, with your presence. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Hosanna. God, would you save us? Would you save those who need a touch today? Save those who need healing today? And we'll give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Uh, before we sign off, I just reach out to us if there's any way we can partner with you. Hello at cornerstonesm.org. Go to our website. It has all of our information. And I just want to, again, thank you for those who've continued to give online and sow into our ministry and in the life of our church. It really is meaningful to us. And we, we're so thankful for your generosity and your kindness and your heart for God's kingdom. And if you need help in any way, reach out to us. We know that this season has impacted so many people. And we don't want you to feel like you have to do this alone. So please, please call us, reach out to us. We're available. We love you. We bless you. May God just make his face shine upon you, his favor rest upon you, his grace and his peace just surround your life today. In Jesus' name, amen. I sure love you guys. Reach out to us. You're not alone.